Well, welcome to Church Project, everyone. How you doing? Are we warm or do we need to get up and go shake hands and all that stuff? Are we feeling good? Welcome. You made it. The first kind of cold day, it was kind of cold, so I busted out the sweater. I'm like, kind of cold? Sweater time. I'm going to be sweating here in about two minutes, but hey, welcome. We're glad that you're here at Church Project today. Uh, church Project, we're a church, we're a gathering of people that, that love Jesus and we love the mission of Jesus in this world and we want to live that out together, but we're also a project. Um, we are like Mike and Kim that do not have it all figured out and we're trying to figure it out, right? So welcome, we're all a project, we're all in pursuit of this, of this thing, how to live out the church in 2018, and so we're glad that you're here. A couple of quick things. One, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a survey, and so if you're a first-time guest, you can't vote. So I, I did for a while version notes online, and then you'd come here, you'd be like, oh, sweet, follow along, and then you know read, read the notes for the message, and then take them to house church. Do you enjoy those notes? I don't have them up today. I'm, I'm testing the water here. Is it worth the time? Raise your hand if you're like, it's worth it. I'm going to read. Dang it. Okay, awesome. All right. <laughs> well, next week we'll have our version notes up. So, all right. Uh, but I think those are good as well. So we'll, we'll start doing those again. If you're a first-time guest and you're not getting our email, um, then if you would, go right now. Get out your phone. Go to churchprojectgreeley.com. Scroll down to the bottom. Put in your email address, and uh, we'll be good to go. We'll give you all the communication that you need, just updating you as to what's going on. So, Welcome, we're glad that you're here. Um, we are, we've been in the book of Acts, going expository, verse by verse through the whole book of Acts. We're like midway through the book of Acts. In the last couple of weeks, I've just felt this little prodding, this little, it's time to pause, and we're pausing on Acts today. What we're going to do is we're gonna take a pause from the book of Acts, and we are gonna do some thought experiments around these two words, community and fellowship. Around community and fellowship. Paul is the one that, that wrote the book, well Luke wrote the book of Acts and we're seeing Paul going through this missionary journey and he's writing about Paul's um, experiences and all this stuff and Paul, we read, um, travels from the church to church in the early New Testament church and he starts seeing how people like you and I are trying to figure out how to be the New Testament church and how to figure out how to do church together. There's no script. This is the first time it's ever been done, and Paul's going from city to city. And they're trying to figure out how to be Christ followers, how to be Christians, and how to live life out together. I want to today focus our whole conversation around a passage in Hebrew, which Paul wrote as well. And so Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25 is what we're gonna go through today. And keep in mind, this is still Paul who, who wrote this, and now as he's going through these missionary journeys and going from church to church and spreading the gospel message, they're figuring out how to do church together, and then Paul later is writing all these letters back to the church saying, these are the things that I've learned, and this is what I wanna tell you, and good job here, and you need to work on stuff here. Like, Paul is in the midst of, of forming what's going to be called the church in this movement that finds its way to us even to today. And so let's look at the, the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 25 as a pause in the middle of our Acts study 
as we kind of step forward a little bit, and it's now Paul writing back to the churches that he's traveling through, and he's giving us these different pieces of advice. So, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened, up, opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, faith, faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse from us a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So this is what we wanna, this is what we wanna base out of and we wanna jump out of this today. I wanna do a little, a little bird's eye view of those verses. So from between verses 19 through 25, this is kind of a summary. Since we have Jesus, and that's what it says in verse 19, kind of a summary, and then we go to verse 20 and 21. So since we have Jesus and God, there's a few things that we as the body of Christ, living out our faith, should do. And this is the advice that Paul is writing back to the churches. So here's the, here's the summary. Since we have Jesus and God, let us draw near to God, let us Hold on to hope, let us spur each other on, and let us habitually meet together, and let us encourage each other. Have you experienced this as the New Testament church? Is this your experience? Would you say, yeah, man, at Church Project, we're drawing near to God, we're holding on to hope, and we're spurring each other on, and we're in the habit of meeting together consistently, and we're encouraging each other and, and, prov- and provoking each other to greatness and to love. Is this your experience? It's mine. Has it been your experience growing up in church? At times, I think we do it really well. At times, I think we stink terribly at doing these things. But as Paul is saying, listen, hey, Since we have Jesus and God, and that's where it starts, let's do these things together as a body of Christ, as we work out our faith. Let's spur each other on, let's love each other, let's meet together, let's encourage each other, and let's hold on to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So I wanna break down a couple words. The first is community. Because I want to talk about community, and I want to talk about fellowship, and I, and I want to ask, do some thought experiments here. So, community. If you are breathing, you are part of a community. Congratulations. You're part of a community. We live in the great U.S. of A. God bless America. America. That's our community. Kind of. We live in Colorado. Beautiful community. We live in Greeley, I live in Bittersweet Park, I live, we'll stop there, my community. We have communities at the gym that we go and work out, hopefully, 
It's a hint. Uh, we have communities in our offices, our schools. Friday Night Fest is a community, which is quite fun, very loud. Uh, SBC is a community, and if you're asking what SBC is, get with the program. It is Spike Ball Club. <laughs> community, which there is not one. I want to start one. Anyone want to start one? Like, Laura, come on, girl. We'll start at SBC. SBC. All right. Uh, communities, even church project, community. Like, you get it? If you're breathing, you just naturally, you're going to be part of a community and if you're even just bedridden at home and not able to, to move or whatever, you might be part of a community through a podcast or listening or people checking on you or something like we're part of a community. We're human beings. I'll tell you something. I don't need more community. I mean, quite honestly, I don't need any more community. And honestly, sometimes I have more community outside Church Project than I do within Church Project. Like, I've got a life. Do you? It's not just Sunday mornings, it's not just house churches, it's not just whatever, like, as I look at my life, I don't need any more community, and sometimes I have more community outside these walls under this umbrella called Church Project than I do within it. Um, community is easy with little investment, unless it's SBC, and then you better be involved, right, okay? You better get with the program. Community is easy, it doesn't take much investment. You can kind of put it on cruise control if you're part of a community. Fellowship, yikes, koinonia in the Greek. You can break down these word, this word of fellowship, which I've been doing for the last few years and especially the last couple months and this week looking at this word, fellowship. And I wanna dance with this word a little bit as we begin to grasp the spirit of this word, like the spirit of this word, fellowship. And so, abiding with God. If I just say abiding with God, what do you think? Like, think of that. What does it look like to abide with God? And I was stressed out a couple week and, uh, weeks ago, and one of the guys that I was kind of talking with, he goes, what's your body saying? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, no, your physical body. What's it saying right now as you're stressed out? What's it doing? I'm like, my shoulders are, and I'm flexing. And, He's like, simmer down. So when I say, like, abiding, resting, being with God, breathe that in. How's it feel? Take a couple deep breaths here. Like, just abiding with God. And what is your physical body doing right now? Relaxing? When I say fellowship, abiding with God, family, a selected few. The difference between community and, and fellowship is selected few versus a mass amount of people. When you look at the word fellowship and you begin to break it down, it's a fellow participant sharing in a common enterprise. If you're part of a fellowship, you are a, a fellow participant and you're sharing in a common enterprise together. It's a together, we are active, we are in. So if you are in community, you are active, you are part of something, you're, you're doing something here. And so the etymology, that when you break this word down, this word fellowship, 
I really just want to break this word down. Let's start on the backside of it. Ship, okay? Fellow ship. We're going to start backwards. Ship. What's a ship? And you begin to study this word and what it means. Well, a ship actively carries out the previous word, the, f- the previous part of that word. So ship is carrying out fellow. Get it? So like picture a ship with a whole bunch of cargo and it's carrying it somewhere, it's going somewhere and it's carrying out this word fellow. It's the art of doing. And so you can look at words and break them apart and think ship, whatever words can end with ship and that's an active part of what followed before that. And so when you're looking at fellow ship, the ship is ke- ke- carrying out fellow. So when we look at fellow, this, when you break it down, comes from, an old, Eng- comes from old English and is a compound of the root for fee and lay. So fellow is a compound for the roots fee and lay. And at its most radical root-based meaning, it was one who puts down money to join a, to, to, for a joint venture. So a fellow is one that puts down money for a joint venture to make an investment and to work for it. It means you're a fellow. That's way cool. I don't know about you, but I grew up in church and our fellowship just looked like fried chicken. I didn't have to work for that, man. We're having a fellowship. What does that mean? Show up and eat food and go home. I didn't work for anything. I might have to work it off, but I didn't work for anything. Like fellowship, when you break it down, is to make an investment and to work for it. If I believe in something enough to make it an investment, I'm not gonna just walk away and hope it works out. If I'm willing to invest in something, I'm not just gonna blindly throw money there as a fellow and become an investor in it and then just blindly walk off and hope it works out. No, I'm gonna work it, I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna pray for it, I'm gonna tend for it, I'm gonna open up my stock app and see how the stock's doing, which I don't do, but I wish I could. So I should, maybe, wow, derailed there. You know what I'm saying. If we're investing in something, we're working for it, praying for it, tending to it, we're part of it, because we're invested in it. Way different than some of the terms that I've grown up in knowing as fellowship in church. It's not just a community of people that are hanging out. No, man, it's something we are invested in. Fellow is something you feel is worth your one and only life on this earth because you're willing to invest and work in it. I see fellows all around the place, fellowship all around the place that's different than communities. A fellowship happened just a little bit ago at Bittersweet Park, and it was people that had walked through something so intensely that they believed in it enough to put on what they called the walk to end Alzheimer's. Maybe you had someone in your family that had Alzheimer's. Now you believe it in it enough, you're gonna put on a walk at Bittersweet Park for it. You bled through something. Survivors of, of any major tragedy suddenly you have a fellowship of people that you went through something together. But it's not only on the negative side of things. How many of you are a part of state championship teams? Raise your hand, now's your time to brag. Come on, woo, 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 yeah, boy, yeah. Like, 
You're in fellowship, like victory, like you're moving, you're investing, you're all in. It took everything to be part of that. Um, taking a business to IPO. You gotta be completely sold out to do that. Mothers of preschoolers, mops, right? You gotta be invested to do that. Like you're getting your fellowship, and I'll, I'll even say this and zoom back even more, Christians. Christians. Are we so invested in the things of God that we would say we're part of a fellowship? We are a fellow invested mightily in what we do. In the extremes, fellowness, fellowness, you get it? Like the act of being fellow. I can't, I don't know how to say that better, okay? In the extreme, fellowness is solidified when it's the extremes. In the middle, in where it's lukewarm, that's not the fellowship part. Because you're not invested in the lukewarm stuff. That's the community stuff that, that we can show up to wherever it is and we can just be part of it. But Christianity, don't you think we have the ripe opportunity for fellowness together? Totally invested, totally bought in and going for it. Like this is fellowness. And this is my longing and this is my prayer. For me, for us at Church Project, that Church Project would be a bunch of fellows. That our lives would unite in the extremes of pushing back the gates of hell as we experience our lives together in the extremes, united by Christ. You see, we read in that Hebrews passage that because of Jesus and because of God, let us live our lives, and then it goes through and says, let us encourage and spur each other on, and let us live extreme, and let's go for it. Like, it's fellowship. It's not just casual community. I don't need more community. I need more fellowship. I need to mean it, and I need to mean it with people that mean it, and to be totally invested. Shared experiences of being as we all get to know each other on a deeper and intimate level. The best way I can illustrate this is, is I'm, 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 a, I'm a bad dude. I'm tough and I'm rough. And occasionally once a year I have to prove it and so I rent a Harley Davidson and I go on a motorcycle ride and I just did that two days ago. And so I've got a couple, a couple pictures like Oh, that's really hard to see. That's a bummer, man. Oh, that's a great picture. Like there's seven bobbleheads <laughs> and a mountain range there that's like on top of, of uh, what's Estes Park, the National Rocky Mountain National Forest. Like what? what? Trail, Ridge. Trail Ridge. On top of Trail Ridge. Thank you. Chad was there so he can tell me. So is Ryan, all right? The bobbleheads, are, like we're on top and this is absolutely beautiful because it's, it's just well, it helps a little bit, I guess. Thanks, Laura. The sun is setting. We're on our motorcycles. We are living the good life. Um, let's go to the next picture, the, the other picture there. This, this is a terrible room for pictures. Like, that was my view as we're kind of going up. We all pulled over because we had some Texans, and they had to stop every two seconds for pictures. I'm like, get with it, man. So we got like seven guys all cruising. We're going up to the top. Thank you, Laura, for that lighting situation. Um, 
but we're in this together, we're on a deeper level, we're experiencing life together, and that's really cool, especially being on the top of Trail Ridge during sunset, except you didn't think that there's a backside to that, and that's when the sun goes down, it gets very, very cold, really, really quickly, and so we're driving down the mountains, and we are freezing as we're trying to make it to Winter Park, everyone except me, because I have heaters on my handlebars, it was incredible. Um, and then as the, the days, the two-day trip kind of goes on, motorcycles break down. That takes time to fix. Uh, pieces fall off of motorcycles. Others might have tipped. We won't say if they did or not. <laughs> Seven people on a, on a ride sounds amazing until you're at a red light. And then it turns green, and then all chaos breaks loose. Like, how do you keep seven people together? Mike, we needed you, bro. We were inexperienced hog renters. Like, we needed you. Um, let alone the bathroom breaks. Good night. Seven dudes acting all tough. They have to pee a lot. Like, and it takes a long time. Like, get with it, man. Stop eating your granola bar. Like, we're awesome. Roof, roof, right? Like, but we're together for two days, and we're, and we're just, we're, we're we're going through the cold, we're going through the, the high mountains, we're getting the cool pictures, we're getting all that, the breakdowns, the bathroom breaks, like, begins to build on fellowship. And though it only happened once, it might happen again because we're intentional and it, then, then it builds even more on fellowship, but I want to ride motorcycles in fellowship, I just don't want a community experience. And I don't, just don't want a community experience called Church Project. Like, I want to take great pictures on top of Trail Ridge with you, Church Project, and then forget that we're going to freeze our butts off. But then we do it, and we talk about it the next day. Because it was extreme, and it was beautiful. That's church, fellows. Maybe we should change our church name to just fellow, fellows. Random idea. I, I long for more thin spaces if, if you study and you go back to eclectic like gospel reading and old writers and especially Celtic stuff like it's called thin spaces. And I long for thin moments, thin spaces and thin moments. And it's places where experiences and conversations seem more like heaven than earth, these thin places and spaces where it's easier to encounter the sacred. It's not community, it's fellowship. Thin places, thin spaces, the sacred. When you, when you study thin places, thin places, the Celts called this space between the seen and unseen, where the door between the world and the next is cracked open for a moment, and the light is not all on the other side. It's God-shaped space. It's holy. I long for thin spaces with you. I long for thin relationships with you and conversations. My thin spaces, here's a few, like fire pits. That's a thin space, man. If there's a fire pit, I'm closer to heaven than I am earth. Like, that's a thin space. Mountains, thin spaces. For me, blizzards. Oh man, 
You wake up and it's a blizzard outside, that's a thin space, man. You just put your pajamas on, cook up some eggs and grease, and oh, it's going to be good. It's a thin space, though. It's sacred. Like, it's beautiful. I'm more alive in these places than I am just the common day. How about you? What's your thin spaces and places? What thin conversations have you been open where it's just the door's cracked a little bit and you get a glimpse of God and it's just sacred in that place? Moments like this make me and make you better. Relationships that are mutually investing in being all in make us better. So, oh, Lauren, by the way, sorry, this is okay. Open invitation to our house tonight, all clean. <laughs> from 6 to 7.30, not 7.31, I'll kick you out at 7.31, but from 6 to 7.30, I'm going to have a thin place at my house, and it might be cold. I don't know what it's like out there, but I'm going to have a fire pit. If you want to smoke something, bring it. Drink something, bring it. Whoa, 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 rules. Like, come on, Chad. Jeez. It, I, well, hey, pause. No, not that thin. Come on. Okay, new rule. No smoking anything in my house tonight. New rule. I'll just provide the fire pit. That's my thin space. Any and all are welcome to come from 6 to 7.30. If you want to know where I live, come ask. Does anyone have Coob? The game Coob? Viking chess? I really want to play it. No one? Okay, I'm going to introduce it. We're going to start a Coob club too, just like spike ball. The uh, baseline thin spaces, if we want to talk about church project, our baseline thin spaces as the church and church project is this, is our Sunday gathering. Like I long for this to be a thin space where it's like we are entering into the sacred here. It's not just ritualistic. And if we enter into those thin spaces, you know, and if I'm at the fire pit and it gets a little cold, I just zip it up. And if that's not enough, I sit there and I endure it. I don't care because I'm in that thin space. And if our Sunday gatherings were that thin space where we come to encounter God in a very real, not apathetic community kind of way, but a thin space kind of way, the atmosphere we would set would be dynamic in here. If it got a little cold, we zip up our sweater and we still worship God. Like we're all in here. Our baseline thin space is at Sunday gatherings. We straight up miss you when you're not here. I miss you when you're not here. We should miss each other when we're not here because we want to enter into the sacredness together. Um, Why do we have fellowship as Christians? Why should this be our aim as Christians? Well, it's because our extreme condition. I mean, God gave us this extreme condition. Here's the extreme condition. If we know that fellowship is found in these extreme conditions, right? Here's our Christian extreme condition, our depravity of our sin. Like the sin that we have and the things that we do have separated us from the love of God. The depths of our distance from God is enormous. Nothing that we can overcome. And we need it and we need the the. It, the, the, the person of Jesus Christ that's gonna come on our behalf and die on the cross. 
already this thing is birthed in extremes. Our sin and Jesus comes and gives us his blood on the cross. Like It's the extremes and the undeserved graciousness of gift and the gift of redemption and the blood, that's extreme. We are fellows in this because we are Christ followers. We're on top of the mountain, we're watching the sunset, and it might be cold on the other side as we're driving down, and we're gonna have stories to share as we live this out together. Being fellows, invested in something together. I want to read a couple verses, a few of you. We'll, we'll roll this mic around. If someone will open up uh, Ephesians 2, 19 through 20, who wants to read that for us? I'll give you three different, three different verses to read here. Ephesians 2, 19 through 20, Psalms 73, 25 and 26, and then Philemon, yes, no one ever preaches out of Philemon, we are. Philemon, verses six and seven. So here's the three verses, pick one because someone's gonna read it here. Philemon 6, 7, uh, Psalm 73, verses 25 and 26, or Ephesians 2, 19 through 20. Who wants Ephesians 2, 19 through 20? Aaron? So you are no longer strangers and outsiders. You are citizens together with God's people. You are members of God's family. You are a building that is built on the apostles and prophets. They are the foundation, and Christ himself is the most important stone in the building. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. What does this verse mean? What do these two verses mean? Anyone have thoughts on these verses? By the way, we're going to do this for the next three sections here. So this is going to be break the wall talk time. What, what do these two verses mean? Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Anyone want to take a stab at that? What stands out to you? We're in the kingdom. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, Bob. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. Did you guys all hear that? What else? Anything else stand out to you at this? Welcome to house church on Sunday morning here. You're no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God. You're adopted into this family. Your fellows. Psalms 73, 25, and 26. Who wants to read that? Come on up, James. Psalms 73, verses 25 and 26. And then be thinking, because I'm going to ask, what, what does this mean? Like something stand out here? Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Hmm. Awesome. Thanks, James. Who wants to take a stab at that? What stands out when you read that? I know, it's an awkward Sunday morning thing here. J- 
Josh? Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Julie. I like the Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. I desire nothing but you. Earth can entertain me, mountains could be awesome, but I desire nothing more than you. I think he's just saying God is sufficient. God is sufficient. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, we'll go to the next one here. Philemon 6, 7, who wants to read that? Uh Uh-oh. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because of you, brother, have because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Awesome. Thank you, Lauren. And even the the version that I'm reading, and yours may say, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing for the sake of Christ. I'll start on this one, and then you guys can give your, your thoughts. I say this often. Like, man, to be partners in this faith and to be doing this in this fellowship together and living it out together, every week there's one person that grows more than anyone else in this room when, when we're looking at scripture, and that's Aaron Havens, as I have to wrestle with the scripture and think about it and pray for it and actually somewhat articulate it, whether my words are dyslexic or not, like I have to dive in, and because I dive in, I'm growing more than anyone else in this room and I wish I could say everyone else should have, you should have to give us message because you would dive in and learn significant amounts because you were forced to do that. And so to be active and to have this partnership and be doing this fellowship together, man, we're spurring each other on. What other thoughts do you see in this? Anything else stand out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. I think if you're passionate about something and you're part of something and invested in it, you're naturally going to tell other people about it. I mean, as dumb as this motorcycle illustration is, it started out as one motorcycle rider, and that was me, and now it's growing. And now it's too big, so we'll go, we'll go reverse the other way now. But if, but if you're passionate and you're living and you're, and you're invested in something, you're going to talk about it, you're going to live it, it's just going to ooze off of you, and that's what I want here at Church Project. 
I hope what you're getting out of this message more than, than anything today, and we're gonna go through this for the next couple of weeks and really look at Hebrews, these, these verses that we read through here, let us do this, and let us do this, and let us do this, that, that Paul writes about in here, really study it and really go through it, because I think God, quite honestly, is spurring us on, church project, period. I think we're about to engage into another gear that we've never experienced at church project. Like I remember the first gear, when we had 12 people in a room, and then we started having more. It was like going into second gear, and then third gear, and then fourth gear, and now we look up, and where we're at almost eight years later, I think God's saying, hold on church project, because if you mean it, we're pushing back the gates of hell. But you gotta mean it. We gotta be in. We gotta have everyone doing all their parts. The only thing I can do is stand up and and utter words. How are you gonna lead me now? And how are we gonna lead each other? Let's have a true fellowship where we're all all out there. We're invested and we're going for it. That excites me. Do you wanna be part of it? Let's do it. I'm gonna ask Jeremy to come up um, and just lead us in a song um, and then Ryan will come and close us. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for today. God, I thank you that because you, because Jesus, because the Holy Spirit, because of God, we have great hope. And I pray, God, that we don't ever give up on that hope, we don't give up on your church, we invest, we dig in, we go for it, we push back the gates of hell. God, I pray for our lives and the chaos and the busyness of our lives that however, whether it's job, work, school, whatever's going on with family, with sports, with the thousands of things going on in our life, that we would spend time with you personally. We would find our identity in you. And then God, as we have the capacity, I pray that we would engage others, whatever that looks like, and we would engage your church as we have capacity. And God, I pray that we're not driven out of guilt when we can't be somewhere or we we should be somewhere and we take the day off. God, we're not driven by guilt, but God, we're driven by grace and love and this stirring in our hearts and spirit that wants, we want to be around you and we want to be around your people. God, I, I pray for whatever our capacities look like, we would love you and we would love others to the fullest of our capacity. Stir in us something that won't die down. Stir in us something that isn't just community. Stir in us fellowship. Stir in us your love as you gave everything for us. May we give everything for you and your church. As you build your church, God, we trust you. In the quietnesses, in the quietness of our spaces that we find ourselves in today, Tonight, tomorrow, this week, would your spirit whisper your love to us and may we respond when you ask us to respond. Thank you for who you are and your love today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.